What's up, everybody? This is Richard Newton, running back for the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Flawcast Network. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Flawcast Network. Jay Ruff in the house today. Glorious day. Like always, talk about some fantasy football today. We are going over the best division in football, and that is the AFC South. Going, we're ended up, we're finishing the AFC, and you know, best for last, if you will. And of course, I, I have to bring on a guy who whose favorite team is on this AFC South. And that is Mister Jacob Skin McKinley. How's it going, Jacob? It's going well, Mister Ruff. How you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, you know, you know why I'm doing great, Skin. Why is that? It is now. This is this is. I don't know if I don't even. I don't even know if you know this skin, but this is our second year doing this podcast. So a year from today, or two years from today, I started this podcast right out of the blue, just randomly. I said, "Hey, this sounds fun." I just did a a two mock, uh, a two round mock draft, and boom! Two years later, we're we're, we're here today. So this marks. The second year that this podcast has been alive. Pretty cool. Man, congrats, man. That's I know. a two-year anniversary right there. I know it, man. And, heck, I don't know why I brought it. you on. But, right, you know, right. it's just... <laughs> 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 well, hey, it's just, a, you know, two years, and now here we are talking about the best division in football, right? Cue laughter music, but yes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> best division in football, you know. They've got two teams that are at least decent, but the rest are, uh, you know. They are what they are, so guess we'll oh, yeah, a little forgot. bit deeper into that. Oh yeah, we will. And and and, and so skin, and we got another flog announcement, and I'm gonna let you do this. Uh, you have made another <laughs> team name change. <laughs> yes, another one. That is the third one in two years, which is a record, by the way. Skin, <laughs> that is a record. Uh, having a team franchise name changed three times. Three. That beats uh, our commissioner, Scott Benzie's record. Yeah. Three times yep. in two years. So yep. what is it now, Skin? What is the name of your team? Well, you know, sometimes this happens when you make a decision, and after you sit on that decision for a couple of days. It does not happen. No, it has never decision. happened before. <laughs> I, I have the ability to go change that name, and so that is what I did. Um, I, I just didn't didn't love it after I sat on that name for a while, and, oh, and I gosh. did I really liked the name that that Benzing threw out there. Uh, so I will give Miss our commissioner uh, credit for my name, and it's not original <laughs> because it's not my own thoughts. But Benzing just... it, did it put a twist on my name and also included my favorite team, and I just I was I was sad that I did not include the Titans into my team name and so i foresee that this name will stick for a long time coming it is now the skinnessy titans (laughs) (laughs) that's okay this the skinnessy titans that's a play on my nickname okay and are you so about two or three weeks from now, I'll bring you back on here, and we'll 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 figure out the next name for your team. Well, it could be. Hey, I've got that ability. I am the GM, so I can change the name whenever Gosh. I like. How embarrassing! <laughs> this franchise going down the toilet. I'll tell you what. 
Oh, just oh, wait well, and see, Ralph Wolf. Well, Skin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. It, it's it's awesome to to get you on and and to to have you you uh, say your, your another team name for your franchise change. Uh, but we we're going on to to the, the hot topic of today. Like I said, we're going to the AFC South now. Um. Yeah, kind of like what you mentioned, Skin. Uh, there's two teams, and it, it was kind of like this last year, uh, with the Titans eleven and five, and the Colts eleven and five. Uh, those guys finished top of the uh, division last year. Uh, the Texans four and twelve, and the Jaguars just one and uh, heck a lot, uh, fifteen. So. Um, <laughs> This year, any different? Any different? We're going to start with the Titans, of course, but just looking into this division skin, is it going to be any different? I don't think it's going to be much different. Uh, and I think Vegas kind of agrees with that. You know, before the, the Wentz injury, and, you know, as we're, we'll probably dive into a little bit, um, you know, it was pretty much neck and neck in terms of Las Vegas odds to who's going to win that division between the Titans and the Colts. But things have now shifted a little bit right. to my yeah. favor. And, uh, the Titans are now a, a relatively heavy favorite to win that division. So I see it playing out pretty similarly. Um, the only change that I would say would be down on those bottom feeders there. I do think the Jags will have a better year than the Texans. And that is only because Mr. Trevor Lawrence mm. and the lack of Deshaun Watson, who may never play as a Houston Texan again in his career. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that <laughs> I don't know if some, I'm sure the Texans fans feel that way, maybe because they're just tired of this headache. Uh, but I agree with you, Skin. I think the Jaguars will be better now. Of course, we do our predictions at the end of the show. We're changing up today because we're wild. All right. And I do believe that the Jaguars will have a better year than the Texans. They will finish third um, in, in this division. Texans, I think, are fighting for that first draft pick <laughs> for next year, man. I think they're yeah. looking for that top three pick. For next year's draft. I think that's what they're uh, aiming for. <laughs> right. So, hey, so, but hey, we'll go with your team skin, I guess, uh, since they technically were first in this division. Because uh, yes, they, they did beat, yeah. So they uh, will go with them first, unfortunately, uh, your Tennessee Titans. Now, of course, they lost defensively, they lost a couple guys in Butler and Jackson, cornerbacks. Uh, they did lose Adam Humphreys, who cares, and wide receiver. Johnny Smith, tight end. But they did add some dudes, um, especially on defense. Uh, Janoris Jen Jenkins, Bud Dupree, um, uh, Farley. They picked up Farley in the draft. Uh, but, Skin, overall, this team, do they have a chance to make a run this year? Uh, they do. I do believe so. Um, no bias opinion? Is that your, is that your bias opinion? It, it just... is a little biased. It is a little <laughs> biased, but um, unbiased opinion is that they are definitely a playoff contender, should be in line for a deep playoff run. That's my mm. unbiased opinion. Um, I, I do believe that they saw what I saw. They have this two-year window where Derrick Henry is still in his prime. So what mm -hmm. did they go do? They're still AJ Brown, obviously they wide receiver. They see, okay, we've got our running back who is probably the best pure running back in the league. Mm -hmm. We've got AJ Brown, a young up and coming stud who could possibly be a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Sure. 
But we lost Corey Davis. Okay, you know, he was a talented player, but, you know, he yeah, did let's, have let's do one of that. targets. About time. <laughs> was not time. all that fantasy relevant, but, you know, <laughs> was pushing 1,000 yards and probably would have got it last year if he didn't get hurt the last game of the season. Um, we did lose Jonu Smith, so we lost a handful of targets. So what are we going to do? We're going to go out and get the future Hall of Famer, Julio Jones. Mm, mm, and now mm, not only does that open things up for Mr. Ryan Tannehill, but that opens things up for Derrick Henry. He's going to see some lighter boxes. And you're not going to be able to just sit out there and double A.J. Brown or roll coverage over to his side and let everyone else do one-on-one because you're going to have to pick and choose who you're going to double. Julio and A.J. out there with Derrick Henry in the backfield, I mean, that's just scary. That's just mm-hmm. a scary offense right there. Um, let alone, you know, adding a slot receiver from the Rams, Josh Reynolds and Anthony Ferkser, I think, as I'll go into, is probably one of the more underrated um, fantasy players this year. I think he has mm-hmm. a shot to be a great or not a great, but it's at least in, close to the tight end one um, when he isn't even being looked upon to do a whole lot. So um, but the defense is always where it goes down, go, comes down to. Can they get stops? Because last year that was their Achilles heel. I mean, their their offense was putting up numbers week after week, and their defense just couldn't stop a nosebleed. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see is all I have to say with the defense. I mean, I, I like the addition of Bud Dupree. We need to get some more pressure on quarterbacks because we just have not been able to generate any pressure up front. So adding Bud Dupree, you know, Harold Landry's another year. Jeffrey Simmons going to take another step. Um, added Danico Autry, obviously, from the Colts. Um, so added some guys who could rush the passer, uh, just lost a lot of veteran leadership in the secondary and brought in some young guys. I mean, Janoris is there for some leadership, but you know, Christian Fulton's in year two, um, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden are both rookies and they're going to be asked to do a lot. So, um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting season. If the defense holds up, I think they could be in line to make a run for the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, I mean, on paper, uh, skin that this team, especially especially offensively, this team definitely looks like that type of team that could make a run and go to the Super Bowl. And it's led by Ryan Tannehill. Now, before he came to Tennessee, he was kind of you know shoved down the toilet in Miami. Uh, he wasn't you know heck. His, he's definitely put respect on his name, skin. I know you can back me up on this. Um, you know, of course, his first year uh, with with Tennessee, uh, he, he was coming back. I mean, he was replacing Mariota. But this last year, uh, played you know the whole year, uh, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions, seven interceptions, uh, a little shy under four thousand. But heck, when you got a monster behind you, Derrick Henry, uh, I mean, that's not surprising that he's under four thousand. But this guy has been very undervalued if you will i think he they don't lots of people again don't think they don't really have respect in this guy and i think he deserves it you agree uh i absolutely 100 percent agree of course you and, do and i mean I, i'm glad <laughs> some people are getting there um ryan Tannehill deserves his, his respect you know the one the one name i gotta throw out who was the head coach when he was in miami mm. he, he adam gates this dude mm-hmm. has been a quarterback killer, a franchise killer. I just, I don't know. I mean, he had plenty of seasons in Miami where it just, 
didn't live up to par and didn't look all that great. And that's the thing is people are still judging him on that. I mean, it's two, it's two and a half, or it's what? So full season and a half a season years worth of work. Mm-hmm. And people still in this guy, which, you know, I'll take the benefit for it. He was not drafted last year, but he was what? Top eight quarterback in the league last year. And right. And that's, league. that's what I was going to ask you again. Cause he, of course, NFL, great quarterback, really, really good. But in fantasy, could he be a fantasy guy? Now, of course, in our league, we have two quarterbacks, like I always mention. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, I think he is hands down a quarterback, too. But could he be the guy that carries your quarterbacks? Could he be the quarterback one, fantasy-wise? He is on that borderline. And mm-hmm. the, the only reason I lean more towards, yes, I mean, okay, so we have an, a smaller league, being an eight-man league, he finished out at quarterback eight. So he was in the quarterback one rankings mm-hmm. at the end of last year. And now we've only gotten better offensively. Yeah, and exactly. And that's without Julio Jones. That was without Julio Jones. And mm-hmm. the only thing is I, I think their offense will start to transform a little bit more this year where they start playing a little more wide receiver, three wide receiver sets. I mean, they invested a lot in that position. You know, A.J. Brown and Julio are going to want to be out there, but Josh Reynolds is out there too. So I just feel like their depth at wide receiver is better than their depth at tight end. So they're going to run more three wide receiver sets, which is going to help open it up for Tannehill, and they're going to rely on him to to throw the ball a little bit more and, and give him you know, just kind of Derrick Henry coming off the workloads that he's coming off of. Um, you just don't want to continue to put 300 plus carries on a running back um, that gets pounded like this in the NFL. Uh, I don't think Derek's going to have any issue this next year with any of that. I don't think the workload is going to play a role in terms of how he performs. Mm -hmm. He's not going to suddenly fall off a cliff like some people think because he's 27, because he's coming off a big workload. Um, I just think that the offense is going to want to cater a little bit more to the wide receivers and um, get some more explosive plays out of the passing game. And that's what I was going to ask you, Skin, uh, moving on to the to the running back, what you said. Like you said, with them maybe going, uh, trusting the passing game a little bit more, does that affect Henry at all in his role? But I know, uh, like, listen, like last year, the guy just improved his stats even more. The, the attempts went up first in the league. The yards went to 2,000. Holy moly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, that was first in the league. He was first in touchdowns with 17, uh, which is uh, just his best. All I mean, his best career wise Um, of those numbers will increase a little bit just because those are just freaking monster, like unbelievable numbers. But will they go down even more because they they have Julio? They want to get these wide receivers more involved. I, I can see it a little bit, but they also added a game. They also added a game to the season. So um, mm-hmm. I, I foresee that his touches may go down some, um, but I think he's going to be close to pushing that 1,800, 2,000-yard mark again. Uh, definitely double digits in touchdowns, um, shooting for at least about 15 or so. Um, but I also think that they want to – try to create an offense that's more balanced so teams don't know what they're going to do. <clears throat> because, I mean, even last year, teams knew what they were going to do, and they still couldn't stop it. So if you get those defenses guessing a little 
more explosive plays from Derrick Henry, which is even hard to fathom because the dude broke off multiple 90-yard runs, 50-yard runs for touchdowns because when he gets in the open field, nobody can catch him. Mm. And so I also see them trying to get their um, their other running back, their backup, Darrington Evans, involved a little bit more in the passing game on third downs, but I don't see that affecting Henry's workload a whole lot. I still expect him to have a very, very heavy presence in this offense, and the offense should start through Derek. And as things get to going and things open up a little bit more, that's when we let Julio and AJ start to do some work. I just see explosiveness all over the field, big plays everywhere. And it's it would be a dangerous scene being on a defense facing those three guys with Tannehill at the helm. Mm hmm. Yeah, now going to the wide receivers, like you mentioned, uh, Skin, they'd still have third-year guy A.J. Brown uh, back-to-back seasons now with over 1,000 yards, um, eight touchdowns his, his first his rookie year, 11 last year, I do believe. Even that's, that's without – I mean, he missed two games in there last year too. Uh, so, I mean, he's still, you know, one of the best wide receivers. Now, them did, they did lose Corey Davis. Good for them. But they did, uh, you know, as we've mentioned, uh, Julio Jones. Now, with Julio, Skin, do you think um, he is going to embrace this new role? And, heck, I mean, he's been the, he's been the guy in Atlanta uh, since, like, since, high, since we've been in high school, Skin, if you want to look at it. 2011 yep. – uh, well, we graduated in 2010, but 2011 since he's been in the NFL. Uh, and he's been that guy since that since then pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, heck, this is a new role. How do you think he's going to embrace it or, and treat it? Well, I mean, Julio's one of those guys like, you know, as a receiver, sometimes you get a little bit bad rap because you're a diva, you demand targets and all this stuff. But Julio's never really been that guy. I mean, they get him the ball a ton in Atlanta because, one, they're a very heavy, pass-heavy team. And, two, he's the most talented dude on the field. Why not get him the ball? But I just think Julio has embraced this role. He knows what he's here for. He's still going to get his targets, and he's going to get his. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, he may not get 15 targets a game, but he's said it before. He only cares about winning, and he wants to make a run. You know, it, it putting up all those numbers for little team success and he knows he's in here to help some of the young players be a mentor to them and help elevate their games as well but he also knows that he's got another dude on the other side and he knows aj brown is no joke so i think he's as excited to get some pressure off him too and it's going to open things up because you got to pick one to guard you got to pick one to double team and good luck because single coverage either one of those guys you know, that that's a scary matchup for any corner in this league. I don't care who it is. Heck, man, it is. I mean, like, who else in the NFL has the best do on this? I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe. Uh, who, like, wide receiver-wise, like, the like who who else comes to mind? I mean, these guys, I think, are in first. I, I would agree. I, I think they are first as well. I, I definitely think that if you bring in the third – um, Buccaneers will take that with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about tandems and tandems alone, I, I just don't see another team no. that has better wide receivers than A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. The only two that I think are right up there pretty close with it are D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with Seattle. 
Right. And then obviously, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson with Minnesota oh, yeah. is another great follow-up. And, then, you know, they just haven't – Odell's obviously had some injuries, but Odell and Jarvis is also another very, very, very talented wide receiver room. But, man, if, if, you're, if I could pick two, you know – you already know who it is. Right, man. And, again, on paper – Having Julio Jones and A.J. Brown right next to each other in wide receiver slots is just like, what, in tarnation? This what do you like, do? Are you playing? You yeah, are you playing 2K it? and you just, you know, just stole a tray in the, in the franchise mode? I don't know. Yep. Uh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what, oh. In John Robinson, we trust. That's what J-Rob uh, does. Oh, boy. Uh, well, tight ends. <laughs> tight ends. Uh, now, you mentioned them. Anthony Ferkser. Now, last year you mentioned them. When we did this podcast, uh, for, he's uh, approaching his fourth year, I believe, out of the great college of Harvard. Um, yeah, they have football there. Uh, so do you think he will have a fancy impact in this team? I, I do think he'll have an impact. Um, it's hard to say whether he's going to be in that, you know, top eight, you know, in a tight end one category. That's a little tough to say mm-hmm. only because – he is not the best blocker. He is essentially a slot receiver. Um, but even with Jonu Smith last year, he caught the ball plenty. Um, they got him out there on, on third downs and they split him out into the slot. And he caught plenty of balls last year with Jonu Smith being there. Um, I think that only expands from here. Uh, I do. They do have a couple pure blocking tight ends that are obviously going to see the field because we have Derrick Henry and we want to run the ball and we want to block, but I think Ferkser will be up there. I think he'll improve um, on his stats that compared to last year. Um, but again, after those top three tight ends, or I guess you can include a couple others after that, it, it is tough. It is tough to say, but I think he is going to be close to the top I mean, tight ends in our league this year. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a, I think me and uh, whoever had the tight end guy with me in the episode, we we both picked him to be a breakout guy. Definitely a candidate for that to have a breakout year, and we'll we'll see what he does there. Again, very um, heavy offensive team on paper. We'll see what they do in real life this coming season if they will uh, again be on top of this AFC South. You now, already know we'll, that you already know they will. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll go to the team that is that should easily be the best team in this division this year. Will be yep. the Indianapolis Colts. Man. Now, again, they finished eleven and five last year, and that's with Old Man Rivers being the top guy. Now, now, what before? If we would have done this episode, you know, <laughs> a few a few weeks ago, or whenever Carson Wentz got hurt. Uh, this, I mean, these two teams, Titans and the Colts, uh, it, it would be kind of, I mean, you agree or disagree, be it a flip of the coin to see who would be in first place. Um, yeah, I, my, my tone wouldn't be quite as cocky, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, you're, yeah, you're, well, well you cocky today, skin. Well, yeah, what do you expect, dude? You're, get a quarterback that can stay healthy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I mean, doesn't, doesn't help that your best, best offensive lineman's out too, so. You know, heck, I, you know, I had everything ready for, you know, Carson. Well, I knew in my brain, I didn't write it down or anything. But before, like, I knew what I'm going to say in this this Indianapolis Colts episode, AFC South. Is, heck, now Carson Wentz has no excuses to, you know, go, heck, with, you got, with the Philadelphia Eagles, he just played on a crappy team. 
since uh, the last couple of years. He didn't have a good offensive line, no, all you know, wide receiver weapons, and uh, he had that this year, and then he freaking broke a nail, and now he's out. So it's <laughs> and in last year, skin, we talked about Phil Rivers and uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, quarterback wise, and also I mentioned Jacob Eason. Uh, in that episode, towards the end, when we're talking about quarterbacks, and you, uh, you kind of did, you know, you kind of did one of those, and you kind of did like a sound. I listened to it this morning after I talked to him, and he was like, "This guy won't be nothing." And I'm like, "Well, hey, it's just a development guy right now." And, he, and then he was like, "Screw you!" That's what he said. And well, but like, th- this wasn't his job, though. I mean, he he moved up to be a quarterback two guy, and then now Wentz got hurt, and now he's. Got we got to rely on him, second year guy out of Washington. Now he does got height. Uh, he's six foot six. That's what I love about him. He can see over big, bigger guys. Um, but what do you think about Easton? He's no, uh, he's he's no uh, ch- cherry on top of that ice cream. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look delicious. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's like, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I got. I don't know, man. It's so hard to say. I, honestly, for me, it's more like a wait-and-see game to see whether they sign a veteran that may get cut. Um, uh, or they just say, all right, Jacob, here's your – we're going to give you three weeks or so until Carson gets back and is ready to take over. Um, have fun against Seattle, the Rams, and Tennessee. Um, <laughs> see what you can do against those defenses, and then, and then we'll give the reins back to Carson. I guess it'll be good to at least see what you have because if you never get the chance, I guess you never really know. Um, I'm just not expecting a whole lot. I, I think I think Colts fans are, you know, kind of in the same boat uh, from the tone around Indianapolis. It's just that, you know, they don't want to give up draft picks to go get Nick Foles and pay his contract just so he can start for a few weeks and then Ugh. give the reins back to Carson. Like they're in a tough spot, but I could see maybe a, a veteran getting cut um, that that ten, that they want to sign, and they'll just sign a veteran to put him in for the first few weeks. But at that point, why not let and, and throw the ball around and see what he can do? Right. Um, I don't see why it would hurt anything because you, you're kind of in a no-win situation there either way. So. I mean, I say hand him the keys for the first couple of weeks and, and see what he's got. If not, you know that he's a career backup if he can't can't perform. So <laughs> I tell you, man, you you if you want a good little giggle skin, listen to last year's AFC South episode. And you you were saying that there's no way I would give uh the Colts would be giving the keys to <laughs> Jacob. Exactly what you just said. Hey, uh, things have changed. Things have changed from here. Now, of course, Wentz is looking at. I still I think it's at the the five to twelve recovery time. Uh, recovering from that first foot surgery, I do believe. So if you know if Jacob can. Uh, steer this boat in the right direction until Carson Wentz returns. Uh, I do believe that this team is still a uh, a playoff team. I think they do have the right pieces to do so, especially defensively. I love those guys defensively. But with the running backs, and we'll move on to the running backs, Jonathan Taylor skin, um, a guy that you have on our flock team that you you i think what was that you offered a was it a bag of funyuns or was it a bag of spicy doritos can you remember it was uh 
spicy Doritos. Spicy Doritos, no, but no, they were the <laughs> they were the miniature package, the miniature not the package. big, the go. family size. It yep. was those little bag of chips I give to my girls when we go places on like you know picnic. You gave that up uh, to Keegan Scott for Jonathan Taylor. Good for you. Yes, it, it was <laughs> what you call highway robbery. Ooh, uh, I like that. I gave gave him Julio, but Julio got injured, and so Julio didn't even really see his lineup in the playoffs. But, I mean, you can't really be too upset. I mean, Keegan's probably kicking himself in the long run, but he still got his ring, which is re- ultimately all that mattered for him that season. Sure. Too bad it wasn't big enough a mistake for him to not win that ring, but – you know, he got it, so he can't be all that upset. I'm sure looking at his future, though, he's like, oh, boy, what did I do by giving away Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, man. And, of course, you know, rookie year, uh, had over 1,000 yards, 1,169 to be exact, 11 touchdowns. Now, that first game, Skin, not sure if you watched that first game. It was an ugly one against the Jaguars, the only game the Jaguars won. Unfortunately, yeah. um, it's just, gosh, pain, that pains for me you just say that. But, like, with, with that, uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't really, I think, I mean, I don't know. I can't even remember if he was pronounced a starter there or not. I don't know if Mac was, but Mac was, like, involved, and Hines was involved as well. And that's still the situation here. Now, of course, Jonathan Taylor is, is still the, the running back one, and I don't think the discussion is going to change anytime soon. Unless injury happens, but Marlon Mack still there. He signed a contract. Surprisingly, I was kind of surprised that they signed Marlon Mack to a to another deal. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised too. Um, but they got him at a major discount of what he would have been if he would not have torn his Achilles last right. year. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I just looked up the stats here. Jonathan Taylor only had nine carries for twenty two yards. Um, that first one. game? Yeah, but he that, did okay. also have six receptions for 67 yards. So he was involved in the pass game a little bit. Um, you know, Marlon Mack, I, I was a little worried when they when they signed him. Um, but you really can't think about Marlon Mack eating. Well, I do think he will some. But luckily with our franchise being a keeper league, Jonathan Taylor's a long-term play for me. So I, I obviously think that he'll do well next year, um, but I'm not ready to put him in the top five like some other people are um, just because Frank Reich loves his running back committees. I do mm. think Marlon Mack will get some carries here and there, um, but I'm more concerned with Niam Hines. I think right. Hines is a very talented player and um, can do a lot of different things out of the backfield. And No, yeah. I mean, Naheem Hines, man, he has put the definition of a receiving back into people's yeah. brains. I mean, uh, he first of all, he hasn't missed a game uh, since he came into the league in 2018. And also with that receiving back, man, listen to this. He, the very first rookie year, back in 2008, he uh, had 81 targets with 63 catches. So he did not catch 18 of those passes that were thrown to him. And then the next year, he didn't catch 14 of them. And last year, he didn't catch 13 of them. And it's wow. just like, that's a beautiful number, especially with a receiving back. And heck, he keeps getting better every year. 
and you know, taking those numbers, and making them short. Uh, I mean, this guy, and like you said, with Frank Wright, he loves he loves those receiving backs, and I think Naheem Hines he he embraces his role, uh, and he he loves what he does, and and I think even with uh, well, heck, it was with Wentz, but now we, even with Easton, I'm not sure exactly if he loves his receiving backs. But with Wentz, I think Wentz will fall in love with Himes as well. I I would hope so um, for Carson's own benefit. Um, you just saw him in Philadelphia just trying to do too much. Uh, Philadelphia skin, Philadelphia. I, right. <laughs> but he, he definitely, I feel like he would benefit from checking the ball down, taking what the defense gives him at times instead of trying to put the team on his back. I understand Philly was bad and they did not give him any help. And those receivers were just not not good enough to get open um, that I, I do hope that he falls in love with Hines and, and, and kind of helps get him the ball a little bit more in space uh, and make some easy dump offs. But, you know, I, I want to see the offense run through that offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. That's, that's ultimately where things need to start. Well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you want that to happen skin and well, heck it might, man. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, man, is definitely the, the future for, you know, the backfield here in Indianapolis, but with the wide receivers, you know, it could be a different story. Maybe not. I mean, we've got T.Y. Hilton still there. Um, he is approaching heck man. I mean, he's also been in the league since 2012, uh, so uh, his ninth year, I think, if my math is right. But he is 31 years old. Now, last year, he definitely, especially in, in the beginning, uh, in midway through the year, T.Y. Hilton, heck, he didn't have a touchdown to, you know, for forever. Um, and then I think it was a, maybe week nine or something, he, he started to be a, a, kind of like a reliable flex option. Uh, and he, he started to get more involved offensively. But that first few weeks, man, it was like, where is T.Y. Hilton? Uh, I think this year, you know, it, it's tough to say if it will be any different. I think he's still a, a flex guy, and I think that's, that's, the, that's the ceiling. He, I don't think he'll be going back to what he once was in a reliable, you know, wide receiver that will give you, a, you know, 10-plus points. But I think he's not a bad flex option this coming year in fantasy. Uh, I, I, I am hesitant to call him a flex option until I see it. He's more of a, least. yeah, a fill in flex guy. Is that better? Yeah, that's that a little better. better. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man, this wide receiver room is really hard for me to, I, I can't, about. I mean, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, it's tough to say, but I do believe this is going to change at the end of the year. I think Michael Pittman, he's got breakout all over him. I do believe in this Michael Pittman guy that they invest that second-round draft pick for. I think he will emerge to be the wide receiver one this year. I I like the look of Pittman. I've seen some good plays, but I'm not ready to call him a breakout candidate quite yet. Oh, Um, skin. I don't know, man. That's why it's just (laughs) it is very, very (laughs) tough. I mean, I like his physicality. He is a big, big guy who can really break some tackles and uh, get the ball in his hands and and make people miss. But so who who is your favorite? You got T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr. And throw Paris Campbell in there as well. Speedy guy who has had three. I think he's approaching his third year now. Neighbors to one of our floggies. All right, no big deal. You throw that stat in there as well. But last year, I had him in. Uh, I think I had him as a flex option. And he looked like he was getting ready to go off in this one run and got hurt. 
end of this season. Uh, again, the, just the injuries in his rookie year, he had an injury too. And he was another second-round draft pick that they had in 2019. Just a yeah. speedy guy at Ohio State. Now, do you, which one do you like, T.Y.? I mean, they also, if you had to pick. They also if you had, had to Zach pick. Pascal there too. You know, sure. You, you, if that Castle, makes you feel better, Skin, go ahead and throw mean, his no. name out there. Which one would you pick first is what I'm asking you. In fantasy football? Um, this podcast, yeah. The, the fantasy football <laughs> is what we're talking about, so yes. I would pick none of the above. <laughs> no. Skin, no. No. <laughs> I'm avoiding this room. No, you're not, I, man. You have to pick one. Who would you pick? Uh, I guess uh, let me see their their ADP here real quick. Oh gosh, Skin, I guess terms, you're making this harder than what it needs to be. In terms <laughs> of ADP, oh, I I'd have to say Ty. I guess. I mean, he's twelfth round. It's just a fly. I, uh, honestly, I want to say Paris. I think Paris Campbell because you can get him at the very end of your drafts, and he could. I think he's got the most potential if he stays healthy. That I'd say Paris Campbell. Give me Paris. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I think I, don't. I think they need an element like that. Like Ty has speed, but I, I, better in the slot. And as long as the kid stays healthy, I, I mean, he was a stud at Ohio State. Why? Well, yeah. I think we've seen him do it one week. We just haven't seen him stay healthy. Right, and that's the big thing. I mean, nine games in two years. That's tough to pick this guy in front of someone who has a. A potential to go nuts. I would pick Michael Pittman Jr. over those guys. I would. Yeah, and that's ADP is saying the same thing. He's he's the first receiver out of that room taken. And then yeah, and then heck, I would pick Hilton after him. Yeah, Campbell will be third on my list. No, I that's that, that's how people are taking them. I, I just don't want to waste my roster spot on Pittman or Ty. So oh, waste it. That's why I'm saying Paris, take him as your last pick of the draft. Waste and, it. And then he has potential to <laughs> to break out. I, I'm just not trying to waste a roster spot on those two guys. That's just me. Especially okay. when the first You just you get all those, Ken. Hey, well, you get all hey, those all day long. What you're you're gonna ask <laughs> Jacob Eason to make those two guys fantasy relevant? Like, come on, like you saying you saying that they're a wasted roster spot. They are is... for the first five weeks, are they not? <laughs> are they not the first five weeks of the season if Carson's not out no. there? No, they, I, they are. I mean, I mean the, especially Michael Pittman Jr. The first part, where you don't know if he's going to go absolutely nutty or not. Uh, and I think I you they'll be on the waiver you, wire you, by week two. You said it too, though. You don't think that Michael Pittman Jr. will be a breakout guy? I do. I believe in him. So you're saying he goes over a thousand yards this year? I am not. Did I say that? Skin, uh, quit putting silly words in my mouth. I did not say that. Breakout. Uh, no. Breakout is is being a lot better than you were before and the year before. And heck, hey, what what do you have? He's like, I think it was like like half of one thousand last year. I see him uh, yards wise. I see him getting like maybe in the 800, 900s, being a complete I mean, like passing. T.Y. Hilton to be a clear-cut wide receiver one on this Indianapolis Colts team. I think that's what he he will do. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, you better score more than one touchdown like you did last year. That's... I'll give you hey, 20 bucks bet he'll, he will do so. <laughs> no, I think he will too, but I, I don't see him going over 1,000. That's just me. Okay, tight ends, tight ends. Now, of course, they uh, do not have Trey Burton anymore who, who left the building. Uh, Jack Doyle was, I guess, the number one tight end on the in the beginning of the year last year. 
But uh, any of these guys, fantasy football relevant? I don't think so. Jack Doyle, Moelle Cox, which I do like, but in fantasy, no. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves the athletic athleticism of Mo Ali Cox, and I see why. I just I can't get excited about either of those guys. I mean, you may fill them in one week when you're in desperate need of tight end help, um, but that's as much as I can say for you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Skin. Okay, well, we'll move on to the remaining poop teams in this division. Uh, we talked about the the best ones in this division, division especially the Colts. Uh, but we will uh, take a quick yeah. break, Skin, and uh, talk about the the last two teams. All right. Sounds good. All right, I'll be right back. Riverside Rentals takes the term Come Connect very seriously. It is their goal to provide perfect atmosphere and experience so that a family can enjoy each other's company on the water. A group of friends can share a ton of laughs or a few beverages. A couple can spend some quiet us time together. Or the outdoorsy type can connect with self and mother nature. They provide canoeing, kayaking, rafting and lazy river tubing near chicago and indianapolis riverside rentals is located right on the beautiful tippecanoe river in winnemac indiana uh, the location means a easy trip drive from chicago indianapolis fort wayne south bend lafayette and nearby metro areas it is a life experience you want and they will provide the means connect with whatever and whomever you need at Riverside Rentals in Winnemac, Indiana. All right, welcome back. Finishing out the AFC South. Now, Skin, we talked about the first two teams last year, Texans and the Colts last year. Texans. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue, Cut. That was yeah. good. I was going to keep going. Uh, the <laughs> Titans and the Colts. I'm sorry. We are now talking about the Texans, who finished 4-12 and last Skin, we kind of predicted this uh, We from last year and last year's episode. We kind of knew that the, the the boat was going down the the, the ocean, if you will. Um, it, it was sinking. Um, and, and with, I mean, them getting, you know, losing them, losing their best wide receiver in Hopkins and getting, a, a David Johnson, that didn't really pan out to be a, <laughs> a good success story. Uh, and this year it, it's kind of gotten even worse. Uh, all right. They, they lost JJ Watt, who is, it was just, a just their defensive guy the last few years. They lost Will Fuller, uh, Deshaun Watson is, is you know, of course is, is as of right now, is predicting not to be there, and I agree with him. He, he's gone, though. Uh, they, they did lose Bill O'Brien. Good rinse for him. But with this team, what do you think? What do you think about – like we we kind of mentioned this already, that they will get last place in this division. I think they might even get close to last place in the whole NFL and, and, and really try to focus on the future and get a good draft pick for next year's seasons. Yeah, I would agree 100%. If I'm going to pick one team to get last and be number one overall, it is definitely the Houston Texans. Um, mm. It seems like they're pretty much over it, too, from <laughs> what they are doing. Because that was a hot mess. But, mm. yeah, there's not a whole lot of good things that you can say about this team. I do think there are maybe two 
your draft and be okay with. Um, right, and that's, that's yeah. About it. Heck, that's what I was gonna. <laughs> that's what I was gonna tell you. Who the heck do we pick up in this team that will help you out in fantasy? I don't freaking know. I mean, you would say like you know, heck, David Johnson again is still there, um, but they did sign Mark Ingram, Rex Burkett's in there, Philip Lindsay's in there. It's just that you think about all those I mean, running backs, you're like, holy moly. I mean, I don't rely on David Johnson as even – it would be tough to rely on him as a flex option. What the heck do we do? Yeah, that's – I mean, and David Johnson would be one that I could – that's relevant that you could take a little bit later in drafts. But I, 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 see, I see Mark Ingram being an early down goal line guy and, and just taking away some of that – uh, the spotlight from David Johnson, man. And I've always been a Philip Lindsay fan, but they're going to throw him in there too. I just, I don't like David Johnson is like, I like him, but I don't know again, how much I can trust him on this team, especially this team. For me, like my thinking is that this is a, a running back room that you have to monitor when cuts are being made, because I do believe one of those four will get cut. I don't think they're going to keep all four on the be It would be Burkhead. That would be cut, I would I think. Could, I could see that. I just – I do feel like one of them is going to get cut. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I still think David Johnson is the RB1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Mark Ingram is going to unseat him um, as the running back one. I, I think David Johnson's probably going to get the most carries. I mean, he's 29. Um, but uh, – yeah, I don't know. Mark Ingram's 31. And I mean, Philip Lindsay, he's, younger, uh, he's 27. So Philip yeah. Lindsay is the youngest one out of all of them. Um, but yeah, that's that's not fun. That Mm-mm. is gross. Yeah. Yep. That's a fantasy football nightmare, right? There. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, I do agree with that. I think David Johnson is clear cut running back number one on this team. But with having, you know, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay right behind him, it's just like fantasy wise, you just. You don't want a piece of it. It doesn't sound exciting, you know, in, in the season kind of thing. Uh, and with these wide receivers now, depending on Tyrod Taylor uh, is, is the guy right now as their quarterback. And that just makes things even yuckier. Um, I don't, you know, I've never, I mean, Tyrod Taylor has never been a guy that, you know, is the best passer by any means. Uh, Brandon Cooks was their best wide receiver last year. Now, with Fuller being gone, and heck, he, he left, I can't remember what week it was, but I mean, with Brandon Cooks, he, he did emerge to, to put respect back to his name, having over 1,000 yards. I mean, he did have a good season, but that will decline with Watson being out, hands down. Yeah, I think Brandon's probably the only person that you can um, target in your fantasy drafts later on. I mean... I, I think he could end up being a value, but he's just the clear, clear cut wide receiver one. They they're going to have to get him the ball uh, a lot, so volume is the. Uh, their offense probably isn't going to score a whole lot, so don't count on those touchdowns a bunch. But he's mm-hmm. going to get volume. So if you are in a PPR league or a half PPR, um, you'll get a point or a half point for each reception, and I anticipate he's going to get the ball thrown his way a decent amount because he's about the only one on the squad that is uh, going to be reliable to do anything. Right. Now, of course, they added Chris Conlon, spent the last two years with Jacksonville. 
Uh, they added Anthony Miller, who didn't do well in in uh, in Chicago. Kiki Kuti still there, but another guy they picked up. Now they picked up a wide receiver in this year's draft, and that's Nico Collins. Now, I mean, and in, in 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 like our league, he probably won't get drafted until you know if he unless he makes a splash during the season. But in in dynasty, now of course I'm in one dynasty. That might not be a bad idea. Now, heck, he did not play last year at Michigan. Uh, I think he he opted out to focus on this year. Uh, but this is a big guy. I don't know if you remember him or not, Skin, a couple years ago. Um, but he he might be a guy that uh, emerges to be that wide receiver too on this team behind Brandon Cooks and and maybe make a little bit of a splash, especially in Dynasty. I don't know. But, again, yeah. this is a, just a yucky overall offense team. Right, and, and I agree with you 100%. He should. I mean, the door is open. I, I think he should be the wide receiver, too, on this team um, if if all goes according to plan. And I you know, think they drafted him to try to be that. Um, you know, they just gave up Randall Cobb, you know, replaced him with Anthony Miller. Mm-hmm. And, I, I don't know, Miller, I think, has some potential, but he's mainly a slot guy and – Kiki just hasn't really proven it, even when he's been given opportunities. So, so yeah, I mean the door's the door is right there for Nico. He's just gotta he's just gotta take it. But fantasy wise, no mm-mm, thanks. Mm-mm. Especially these tight ends, which will just slide on by. Jordan Atkins still there. Um, it, it's just you know fantasy wise, you just you don't even want to touch these guys with a stick, man. Is is especially with Tyrod Taylor uh, being the guy there now? Of course. I mean, they did draft a quarterback, uh, Davis Mills, but I, what I've read in, in from Stanford, by what, what I've read in reports, he looks extremely slow. He's not adapting to the uh, uh, the training camp that well. I mean, it's clear cut. Tyrod Taylor, so I don't think it's worth talking about. But uh, I mean, it's um, the one. The one thing I could say is, uh, I don't know. With Tyrod, it just doesn't seem like he ever gets a whole lot of respect, and. If you are in a two quarterback league and you got a stud at the top and you want to wait for your last one, I don't know. Tyrod might be there to get some points. You know, he's got legs and and he's one guy that you could count on to fill in um, if you have a well, bye week or something like that. But, in, in the past, maybe, but on this team, you think so? Yeah, n- yeah you're probably right. But I mean, <laughs> the ball's going to be in his hands. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess on this team, there's not a whole lot that he's working with, but uh, mm. that's the only thing. I mean, Tyrod's always seemed to be getting a, a chance to start for some reason. and He just, does. Uh, I mean, he's athletic. I mean, he definitely got the talent. But, yeah, uh, but you're not going to be targeting him in drafts, that's for sure. But as a fill-in one week, you, you, may, you may be able to get him if he has a bad matchup. Yep, yep, I agree with you. Okay, so moving on uh, past these – uh, Texans moving on to the last team in this division last year, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. But heck, man, I tell you what, they definitely turned the ship. They they made a lot of changes this year. Uh, new coach, they picked up Urban Meyer, which we all know. Uh, they did add Shaq Griffin. They added Marvin Jones to, to give uh, that number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, some more weapons. And now it, it's just – you know, first they they coming from a a glorious mustache guy, and now they're moving to this, this glorious hair lock guy. Uh, and then, of course, Garney Menchu's still there uh, with that you know beautiful look that he has. Probably the best looking quarterback too on any team. 
from my dad. All right, but with that being said, I mean, it's clear cut. Trevor Lawrence, this is his ship now. Regardless of head coach, immediately uh, take this. He injects life to this offense again. I mean, he's a dual threat, athletic quarterback. Uh, his arm is just beautiful. Uh, he, he great accuracy, the ability to escape from defense and to make a play. I mean, you know, pairing and then putting Trevor in the backfield with his, with his teammate Trevor at the end. Holy moly, is this a home run? A uh, home run uh, off season for these these Jaguars. Now I know skin that you're not high on Travis Etienne because of the, the the people behind him. But just off just off paper in the future with this team, I think they made the right moves are and they are making the right moves in this franchise. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I, I do <laughs> like Trevor. <laughs> oh, I don't mind Travis Etienne. I think he's a great player. Uh, again, what it boils down to is the the top of the ladder. I, I just I don't know, man. Urban Jones, Urban Meyer just does not does not inspire much confidence uh, for me uh, as an NFL head coach. I think he is a good college coach, but I think that stops at the college ranks. Uh, I think he's got that old school mentality that today's players don't necessarily um, respond to. And I just think it's a recipe for not a great marriage. Um, But I do think talent wins all and Trevor Lawrence is, has the most talent in the world. And I, I think Trevor can can single-handedly uh, get this franchise some wins. I just think the Urban Meyer experiment only lasts a handful, a couple years and hmm. before they decide to move on. That's just my own opinion. But, um, no, I'm not I'm – not, I don't dislike Travis Etienne either. I, or, uh, I just – I think James Robinson has earned – some carries and I think he's earned um, a a role. Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they might try to do too much with Travis and try to put too much on his plate by saying, Oh yeah, we're going to put him with wide receivers. So he's been a running back in college. Yeah. Now we're going to train him as a wide receiver. When you already have LaVisca Chenault, who you need to get the ball in that gadget aspect, Um, you know, so I, I just think they might try to do a little too much with Travis, but I think that he's a guy that uh, is very intriguing, uh, especially if you have a dynasty or a keeper league, because uh, the next few years um, they're definitely going to get him the ball. They, they, you can't draft a running back in the second round and just not get him the ball. So he's going to have some volume. Um, and he's a guy that I would take at a certain value. He's not a guy that I can reach for myself. I think with with Trevor Lawrence being there now, I mean, he really, of course, ignites this passing attack. So I really think them using Travis Etienne as a receiving back, more of a receiving back, is a very good idea. Because, of course, Trevor is is making, I think he will, make these wide receivers even better. Now, of course, DJ Chark Jr. took that step back, having a very good uh, second year. I think he took a step back. Uh, from his his third year, and but they did add Marvin Jones, which is a great slot guy. Lavisca Sinault Jr. I think he he is uh, a breakout candidate, and I think he will make all those three guys uh, very very good and have a very good year. With Trevor Lawrence, though, let me ask this again: 
Do you think he could be a rookie that could go in the top eight in our league and be a quarterback one? Could you rely that and could you like think that he could do that and draft him to be your best quarterback on your team without even seeing an NFL game from this kid? It is borderline right there. Yes. It's right there. I, yeah, I definitely agree that this kid has been hyped for like two or three years now. Like we've yeah. been waiting for him to be in the NFL for like two or three years. Definitely, and everyone's been they saw it at Clemson. You know, he's just he's just that dude. He's got it, and you know, everyone saw it, and so it's just a matter of time. But you know, in the NFL, one position and one player cannot elevate a team so much that it can turn everything around. Like one player, yes, can, can make a significant impact, and especially at that position at quarterback. But there's 11 other guys that are on defense, and there's 10 other guys on offense with him that have to also do things. And he can't do it all himself. And um, I think it has to be a team effort. They need to get him some other help, uh, whether that be on the offensive line. I, the wide receiver room for me – I think is in exciting and enticing and it's not, I don't think it's as bad. Obviously it's not as bad as the Houston Texans. And I think it's more exciting than the Colts wide receiver room, but um, it's also very muddy because they're all grouped into that same, very similar category, very close ADPs where we haven't seen it yet. And we don't know who Trevor is going to target the most, who he has most chemistry with. So we have to wait early in the season and kind of figure that out on which receiver is going to be the alpha dog and get most of the targets in this offense um, Mm -hmm. and see who Trevor vibes with more because, you know, you just never know how that side of things are going to play out. Well, if you're thinking about vibing, I mean, heck, I mean, it's clear cut. It's going to be Travis Etienne. I mean, I, I think he was rooming with him at one point at Clemson. I mean, but like he's super explosive. But with that, like you mentioned, skin, he, I mean, James Robinson isn't going anywhere. I mean, he's not even like, heck, everyone thinks that because they drafted ETN number one, I mean, in the first round, uh, but he's not going anywhere. If you, if you dig back in your brain skin, uh, Rashard Penny was picked in the first round. And if you remember, everyone was just like, well, there goes Chris Carson, you know, but I mean, heck, I think Rashard Penny was picked up sooner way sooner than what he needed to be and of course he can kind of tell that i mean it's just like and richard penny's like not doing much now but um i hope it doesn't come i mean i hope it, that's not similar but i do believe that james uh, james robinson jr i mean james robinson jr james robinson will be heavily involved in this offense and i don't think them drafting etn will kill robinson's value whatsoever he will still contribute. Um, and heck, maybe in the future, I don't know. These two guys are very, very young. You still, I mean, you heck, you might. And this might be a tough thing to, to do because it doesn't happen very often. But this could be a Chubb Hunt situation. You know, just two insane running backs uh, that are on the same team and that have very good fantasy football value. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there for sure. And I mean, just. James Robinson kind of proved it last year. Sure did. He deserves some touches, and he deserves to be the bowling ball and the goal line type back um, while Travis changes the pace and catches some balls. So I, I definitely like the like the Chubb hunt. 
um, comparison. Uh, I don't think they're on that level, obviously. No, no, no. But I think it is a similar style um, where they can um, um, play their, both of their strengths. And but... you, you mentioned it before in another episode. Carlos Hyde still. I mean, Carl, Carlos Hyde is there. Um, and he, I mean, he still got, you know, and it might be fading a little bit, but I mean, his respect's still there. I mean, you, I mean, and you think he's going to be involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Just because Urban Meyer loves, loves his vets and loves the guys that he has experienced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think Carlos has, has proved it too, you know, everyone forgets him. And I mean, I guess he's 30 years old now, but, um, he, when he's in there, he does well with what with the carries that he gets. So right. I see him stealing a few touchdowns here and there. But I mean, I don't expect him to be a main part of the offense. But um, I just I just think Urban Meyer has has a has a love for his own guys, and he's gonna give give people the ball that may not deserve or fantasy football players may not want to see have the ball. Now this 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 offense really intrigues me. I, I mean, I think it's gonna be exciting offense. I mean, heck, especially compared to last year. I mean, I think that this is, especially fantasy wise, is, is it going to be interesting because DJ Chark, Marvin Jones Jr., uh, Chanel Jr., uh, those guys. Who do you think skin will be the wide receiver one? I, as of right now, who do you think is the wide receiver one? I think it's DJ Chark, but there. I mean, it's just like it's going to be interesting how Marvin Jones, you know, how he lies in this. I mean, he's going to make a big impact. Chanel Jr., like I said, breakout candidate. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Lavisca Chenault. I, I just yeah, man. I, I like Lavisca. I think he is an explosive player. Um, that he needs the ball. They need to give him the ball. They need to put the ball in his hands. Um, I like DJ Shark Shark as well. Um, but takes takes a bigger step this year while DJ kind of stays where he was at um, and doesn't make much of a leap. And Marvin Jones, I think, may pull some targets from that direction, while Lavisca's a little little different of a player. So I'm going to go with Lavisca on that one. And, and heck, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you at all because it, what I've been reading is he's been meshing with Lawrence very well, and they're they're bonding very well with the route running. And Lavisca just looks ten times faster. Uh, I've seen a couple of highlights of him just making you know breathtaking catches uh, thrown by you know Lawrence, and I think this guy again. Um, is 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 very good uh, candidate to just break out his second year, draft in the second round last year. So, um, I think he'll yeah, definitely yeah. he's definitely good. Absolutely, I I would agree. It's I think Marvin Jones is another intriguing one to yeah. just like keep your eye on. He's he's a sure-handed guy, and uh, he's probably the steady veteran in there that that I think will will get some. Uh huh. Yeah, heck, and last year, I mean, heck, he almost had a thousand yards last year with mm-hmm. with almost ten touchdowns. He had nine. He, he played the whole year. So, I mean, this, I mean, he's very good wide receiver. And you know, I think there's times where he was. I think he's a good, solid flex guy. You can depend on to give you good flex numbers. I think that's where he's at and where he could be. But again, like I mentioned with Lawrence, and depending on how if he holds this this hype that's surrounding him. Uh, Lawrence will make these wide receivers better. I agree. They can't be much worse because. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tight ends, though. Heck, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Again, I'm not sure exactly. I should do more research when it comes to how how 
involved Lawrence gets with his tight ends. Now, of course, it's college, whatever. But, I mean, like, with tight ends, heck, man, I mean, I don't really know how to pronounce some of these guys' last names. I mean, one guy, Man Hurts, uh, Oshana Nisi, uh, this yeah. guy, uh, of course, I know the great team, Tim Tebow. Uh, we all know that name. But, I mean, like, what do you think, Skin? Yeah, James O'Shaughnessy is probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think Tim Tebow is going to get a little bit of a role. That's uh, just my own personal opinion. Yeah, I think these guys Real are weight. blockers, man. He, yeah. He, these guys know the role when it comes to blocking. Um, And we'll see. It's going to be – I'm definitely cheering for Tim Tebow. Of course, won't be fantasy relevant. But I think – I mean, you know, I think everybody is cheering for the Tim. I think it's a good story. I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> You're not jumping on the T-ball train skin. I'm not. Oh, uh, I, come on, man. I mean, I root for him to do well. I don't root for someone to not have success and do what they love and want to do and be good at it. I just. Oh, stop it. I saw you yesterday walking down the street with a Tim T-ball Jacksonville Jaguar <laughs> jersey. Don't lie. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> You'll catch me dead before you see me in that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Skid. Now I know we 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 kind of uh, harped on a little bit in the beginning of this episode, but predictions on this AFC South. Who do you think is going to be first, second, third, and four? Yeah, Titans are running away with this one, boys. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That's not even laughing. <laughs> yep. Don't be don't be going against Vegas. They know their stuff. So. Oh, Vegas. I just think everything falls in place for that offense, and uh, if their defense can at least hold them, hold it together, um, they easily got that number one spot in this division locked up. Um, I would say an easy number two is going to be the Colts, depending mm-hmm. on on how long Carson is out. Uh, I do think, you know, as our commissioner has floated out there, I do think it might be a wise decision to hold out Carson a little bit longer so that they get their first round pick back um or it turns into a second instead of a first to the eagles um but Mm. whether or not the colts want to do that i'm not quite sure i see that happening i think as soon as those guys are ready to go quentin nelson and carson Wentz will be back in the lineup and um they'll end up second while the jaguars end up third with a few extra wins because of trevor lawrence and the Houston Texans are diving in the dumpster and fishing for mm-hmm. that first-round pick next year. Yep, I agree with the Texans' last place. Now, Jaguars, how many wins are you predicting here? Are you predicting a respectable uh, win thing here? Or what do you What do you think? The most wins I could say for the Jaguars is seven. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking seven. Um, I'll be surprised if they have a winning record, but I won't. Seriously, I won't put it past them. I'll be surprised, but I, mean, I, I would it, be surprised as well. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how the locker room responds to that franchise or the, the change in leadership in that franchise. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Colts, Titans, Jaguars, tax Texans are my picks again. No well, problem. that's, that's about the bi- <laughs> most biased thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no big deal. Titans are going to choke their chicken. Yep. No big deal. Well, yeah, that's like predicting that Derek and Julio and AJ are going to all go down with season enders because well, if heck, they man. don't, if they don't, you know they're putting up numbers. Oh yeah, they are. Like I said, like I said, skin on paper, it's just it, it looks like you're playing 2K franchise mode. Yeah, I mean not 2K, 
Uh, Madden. <laughs> Madden, sorry. Uh, but Madden, Madden franchise, which is fun and enjoyable. Yep. Uh, but is it real? No. We'll see. No, Skin, it's not real, man. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Both. All right, well, hey, Skin, thank you so much for joining us, man. You got any last words or comments? Just tighten up. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, I'm sorry, this week, we're uh, approaching NFC time. So we'll go we'll go through uh, uh, each division there and talk about those teams. But, again, Skin, thank you so much. Talking about the best division in football. The best two teams, actually, uh, Coles being the best one. So, uh, Skin, hey, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You have listened to the Flawcast Network. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.